chapter 7. And there's power when you mix prayer with the word. There's even more power. It's called ignition. Hallelujah. A combination of the word and prayer and fasting and giving. Hallelujah. Matthew chapter 7, beginning in verse 24. The title of my sermon is Built to Code. We're currently involved in a building project. And we got to build a code. Uh, if we don't do it, things can happen. Especially living in Hayward. Because we're built on a fault. Hayward's built on a fault. I mean, there's heavy, heavy code that you don't get over in Chicago or Denver, wherever my daughter's been. Hallelujah. Huh? All those places. I mean, Chicago's the windy city. Uh, and they get windy over there. But there's earthquakes here. And you got to build the code. Otherwise... When the earthquakes come, great could be the fall thereof. But the same thing applies in our spiritual life. And that's what we're going to be dealing with here today. Do you have Matthew chapter 7? Verse 24 says, Therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, or acts upon them, I will liken him to a wise man, and Keith spoke about that here earlier, who built his house on the rock, and the rain descended, the floods came, and the winds blew, and beat on that house, and it did not fall, for it was founded on the rock. Now everyone who hears these sayings of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. And the rains descended, the floods came, and the winds blew, and beat on the house, and it fell. And great was its fall. And so it was, when Jesus had ended these sayings, the people were astonished at his teachings, for he taught them as one having what? Not as the scribes, but one having authority. Father, I pray for authority, for your word. There's cases here, Jesus, that need to hear from you. There's cases here, Lord God, that need hope, that need to be grounded and founded in Christianity, in your word, in the spirit, in your things, Jesus. Move upon them, I pray. Minister to our hearts. Let sediment take root in our hearts. We ask it in Christ's name. Everybody together said? Amen. You may be seated. Built to code. Here, Jesus speaks not only, as the Bible says there, with authority, but also with audacity. Not only authority, but what else? Audacity. Jesus was like that. He didn't mind. Sort of like my wife speaks. Like this, how many were here this morning? Josie speaks with audacity. She, she tells it like it is, and that the chips fall where they may, and I hope you may do what it says. Uh, that's the way Jesus was. He spoke with authority, but also with audacity. We were watching CNN the other day, and Larry King Live. Uh, and uh, especially during the war in Iraq, and I was, many of you know that, I was taken by these things. I was trying to keep up and stay abreast of what was going on. I, I, I like to do that. And uh, as I was going through the different channels there on CNN, I noticed on Larry King Live that they had some individuals there all dealing with religious figures within this planet that had, they were named figures. The guy representing the Indian Buddhist was a guy named something Gupta, but I've, I've read of his material. He's a real well-known, uh, 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 you know, Indian from India. Not Native Indian, not Native American, but Indian from India. And so I was fascinated by the, by the, by the uh, panel. Then this other guy, Kushner, who's a, he's, he's a real, real famous writer. These, all these guys had some powerful books. Okay, every one of them. One guy was representing the Muslims. Another one, like I said, the Buddhist. Another individual was a, was a, a rabbi was there. Real famous guy, a Catholic priest. Powerful guy. Uh, this guy Kushner, who's written some powerful, powerful books. Uh, and, you know, proclaiming he, that he was a Christian. The Catholics said he was a Christian. And then they had John MacArthur. I don't know, you know, and I was, I was changing the channels. And I was going through there. And they said, Larry King was talking to these guys. And I'm tripping on these other guys. And I'm, but then all, then all of a sudden he says, and what do you think? John MacArthur? I said, where's John MacArthur? Because 
you know, uh, the old gray mare, he ain't what he used to be. Uh, John MacArthur, really, he doesn't come out on TV a whole lot. Uh, but we've, we, he's from Southern California. We've known of him. But you recognize his voice. If you ever watched, heard on, TV, on, on radio, he's got a very recognizable voice. Not until he spoke that I recognized him. Oh, my God, it's John MacArthur. Because he looked the ancient of days. Hallelujah. He looked. I said, is that John MacArthur? Look at him now. Uh, not until he spoke. I said, oh, there's a voice. There he is. Sort of like Vince Scully voice. He'll always remember that. Huh? And so, but... It was a heavy panel. I don't know if anybody watched it, but John MacArthur would not veer. And they were trying to say, come on, you should have some love. You should have, you mean everybody's going to go to hell? And, 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 and Gupta was all like, you know, are you saying that if I don't have Jesus, I'm going to go to hell? He says, no, Jesus said it. The word of God says it. I love you, but. Uh, I mean, he had audacity. He would not veer. And me and my wife were going like, yeah, you know. And I started praying for these guys because MacArthur was getting to them. And they, they kept saying, man, you're, you're, you're too much, man. You're damning us to hell. And how could a God like that do that? Huh? And I've said it before. God doesn't send anybody to hell. We send ourselves. How do we get to hell? We send ourselves by not accepting the Son. That's it. God doesn't send anybody. Uh, it's easy to get to heaven if you so choose and decide. Um, see, audacity. Because Jesus, he dared to tell his hearers, that their destiny, listen to this, their destiny, Christ didn't mind telling his ears this, totally and ultimately depended on the attitude they had towards his teachings. Did you hear what I said? Jesus dared to tell his audiences that everything hinged, everything depended totally and ultimately on how they reacted to his teachings. Not Buddha, not anybody else, but his teachings. And if any man hear my words, he says, he had audacity. See, Jesus was saying that to refuse to act on his teachings, it spelled disaster. What I have just read you here was part of the Sermon on the Mount, okay? Where later on people would say that, you know, he spoke as one having authority. What manner of a man is this? That even the winds and the rains obey him. Now, in this verse, okay, that I want us to look at, Jesus says four things, okay? Four things in this verse. And I want us to look at it once again. Verse 26. Now everyone who hears these sayings of mine and does it, not do them, he will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. Verses 25 and 26. Here Jesus says four things. First of all, if you're taking notes, right, number one, the first thing that Jesus says is that all of us are builders. All of us are what? Everybody's building. Huh? You're either building a caddy shack or a mansion. But everybody builds. And hopefully when you come to church, you got your tools out. You're ready to build. Uh, hit me, Pastor. Come on. Uh, oh, you missed a nail. Uh, we're building here. Uh, that's what he says. Everybody builds. Jesus knew a little bit about building because he was a carpenter. He built a few houses in his day. Uh, so, you know, uh, he had no doubt seen a number of houses that had been destroyed because they were not up to code. All right? We got to build a code. And we know the code right here. Uh, we should go witness to all the people from Hayward and, you know, the, the city and all the planning managers. And you want to build a code? Uh, follow the man. You're not following. We're going to cite you. Uh, we're not supposed to build a code. Otherwise, we'll be destroyed. See, but Jesus, he contends here that not everybody builds the same. He says some are wise, some are foolish. How are you building? How are you building your life? How are you building your house? How are you building your ministry? How are you building? See, what we have today depends on how you built yesterday. Where you are today depends on what you built and how you built yesterday. And what we'll have tomorrow depends on how we're going to have and build today. Eventually, we're going to reap what we sow. We're going to build what we've done in the past. It depends on that. All right? What we have today depends on how we built yesterday, 
how we build tomorrow is how we we're going to build today. Uh, now, <clears throat> when it comes to building, it's not always going to look good all the time. Because like Keith said, you'll have a few chips and all that stuff. doesn't matter how it looks. Like right now, if you were walking into our thing right now, they didn't put it out today, though. I noticed it. I guess because our secretary's ill. But I, I have that little thing right there. I always like to put on, you know, the day, what's happening, who's speaking, what's going on, blah, blah. I like that. I like to spruce it up a little bit. Uh, they didn't put it out today. But at the bottom, if you, have you, anybody read it, what it says, the little thing? Pardon our remodeling. Please. Uh, these white sheets are not always going to be up. Uh, uh, we're not always going to have this kind of rug. Pardon. We're remodeling. We're building right now. But anyways, you know, just, just give us a chance. Sort of like, you ever notice the caterpillar? Ugly, huh? Yes. And then when it turns into a cocoon, even uglier, right? Uh, but give it a chance. Give it some time. Uh, so I think right now we're in the cocoon stage. You know what I mean? uh, We're just like in the caterpillar stage right now. Uh, but give it some time. Because we're building here. Just like with a sermon, I'm building, I'm going someplace. Ah, stay with me. Give me a chance. It might look ugly right now, but we're going to get busy you know, pretty soon. Amen? Ah, it's the same thing. Pretty soon you have a beautiful, beautiful butterfly later on. And we're giving you a chance. We're giving you an opportunity for ministry to grow your house. The key is to take advantage and to build right now. Build your house. See, Jesus knew the key to building was always the foundation. Look at 1 Corinthians 3, beginning in verse 9. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, beginning in verse 9. The foundation is always a key to building a house. What you're grounded on, what you're, what you're founded on. 1 Corinthians 3, beginning in verse 9. Do you have it? It says there, down to verse 15. For we are God's fellow workers. You are God's field, and you are God's, what? Building. That's what we are. According to the grace of God, which was given to me as a wise master builder, I have laid the foundation, and another built on it. But let each one take heed how he builds on it. For no other foundation can anyone lay than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Now, if anyone builds on this foundation with gold, silver, precious stone, wood, hay, or straw or stubble, each one's work will become manifest for the day will declare it. Because it will be revealed by the fire. And the fire will test each one's work of what sort it is. If anyone's work which he has built on, on it endures, he will receive a reward. If anyone's work is burned, he will suffer loss, but he himself shall be saved yet as by fire. See, we need to take heed on how we build. And the thing Jesus was trying to get at here is character. What's he trying to get at? Character. How we build on the inside. That's the reason why it's so important, my friend, to guard your heart for out of it are the what? It's your life. He's talking about character in our lives. Somebody has said, and hopefully I asked them if they could type it out. I don't know if they were able to. But somebody has said, listen to this. I like this one. There it is. Sow a thought, reap an action. I think I love you. Sow a thought and you reap an action. Sow an action and you reap a habit. How many have been there? How many have been there? Reap the habit. Sow a habit or plant a habit and you reap a lifestyle. Plant a lifestyle and you reap character, a character. That's what you become. That's what, you be. That's what we have to be. Very, very precautious. Uh, we need to take heed on how we build. That's why it's so important. That's why it says, guard your heart for out of it are the issues of life. And I've said it before, when it comes to temptation, Romans 6.11 talks about, and I've preached on it many, many times. It talks about, remember that in Romans 6.11? It talks about, you know, your actions. It talks about rehearse. Uh, matter of fact, turn to it. Turn to it. I always did in my notes, but I want to bring it out because I like it. That's why. Romans chapter 6, verse 11. 
Do you have it? Reckon yourselves dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ. Reckon yourselves what? What does the word reckon have to, what does it mean in the Greek? Rehearse. Rehearse yourself dead to sin. We're going to start to play shotgun pretty soon. And we're going to be doing a whole lot of rehearsing. Because we don't want it to be a, a BB gun. We don't want it to be pop gun, little bitty thing. We want it to be shotgun. Uh, we, we want to make it bad. So you got to get it down. you got to go over it and over and over it again. And if you're going to be in the play, let me just tell you. Be, get used to these words. Let's do it again. Let's do it again. Man, but that was just, let's do it again. And that's just the first thing. Let's do it again. Because you got to rehearse. That way you can do your best. Well, that's what it's talking about here. Reckon. Rehearse yourself dead. In other words, in Christianity, devil at 12 o'clock high, you got to rehearse yourself dead. I'm dead. But she's so pretty. You're dead, Fred. Ah. But he's so handsome. You're dead. Ah, you're dead. You got to go over. You got to rehearse all the time. What you going to do uh, when the party's over? What you going to do when the enemy comes in? You got to rehearse. Got to go over. Some, some people reverse. They rehearse the reverse. They, I had a sermon many years ago. Someone was talking about, you know, some of the old time sermons. One that you could get if they have it. It was called A Sin Ready to Happen. Ooh, I like that one. That was about 83, 84. A sin ready to happen. Uh, that was when, when they, they, they rehearse the reverse. What some guys do, because they don't guard their heart, they just let the enemy come in. And so what they rehearse is, the first chance I get, as soon as she winks at me, I'm blinking at her. I want the wink and then the blink. Ah. Uh, that's what, that's what they're in. They're, they're, they're rehearsing the reverse. Oh, she did. Ah. Man. Years ago, you don't know if I'm saying if it was years ago or not. Could it be months ago? There was this guy running one of our homes, not ours. And he had priors for winking and blinking. And I said, oh, this guy. Ah. I told the pastor, look out for that guy. Oh, but he was, and he became the home director. I said, oh, be careful with that guy. Uh, and sure enough, some guys do this, girls. Be careful, girls. Are you listening to me, girls? But guys do it too, but girls. Uh, all of a sudden, they, they, they get, you know, like, it's happened in our church too. All of a sudden, they, be, they get a title. Is he the Bible study leader? God be praised. Uh, and they take advantage of their title, you know, for sister, sister, uh, I don't think you know the scriptures that good. You need a mentor. But one without poison, please. Huh? Aye, aye, aye. Because these people, they rehearse the reverse. What they're going to do when the Listen, we got to rehearse how the, what we're going to do when the enemy. And you, you've heard my illustration before about running the red light, right? That's what you got to do. When you come to the red light and you got a brand new red car, right, George? And you come to the red light right there, red car, red, 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 red robin, and the whole shot, right? And he ain't no chicken no more, hallelujah. There you are, right at the light, uh, straight at the gate. Uh, and then all of a sudden, somebody comes with the, in the next double lane, view, And her eyes just got out of the cocoon. And you're over here singing, I'll fly away, oh glory, I'll fly away. Huh? Okay. What have I said? 
Uh, run the red light. Uh, pay, pay, for, pay for the ticket. It's worth it. Uh, I like what Pastor Michael said many, many years ago. Let me just say this and we're going to go to the next point. 20 minutes of bliss is not worth an eternity of suffering. It's not worth it. Uh, lifestyle, your character. That's what Jesus was talking about here. Your character. Build in your character. Guard your heart. Uh, put a not for sale sign up. Uh, this is holy ground. Uh, as for me and my blouse, right, girls? We're going to serve the law. Get your paws off me. And if you're my daughter, you can say, get your paws off me because I'm going to call my paw on you. Hallelujah. Praise God. You don't want that. You don't want that. All right, secondly, the second thing. First of all, we're all builders. The second thing that this scripture says is we're all going to be tested. We're all going to be tested. We're all building, but someday the rain's going to come. The flood's going to come. All of us, my friend, will have great, beautiful, sunny days. Yes, we are. It's great being a Christian. But there will also come tough times of testing to everybody. The key is the choice in the storm. Ecclesiastes 11.4 talks about he that observes the wind will never plant. Uh, in other words, you have a choice in the matter. You can either, during the test, dummy up, sulk up, or else you can do this. He that observes the wind shall not sow, and he that regardeth the clouds shall not reap. Uh, in other words, you have a choice. Like my wife was talking about this today. When you get up in the morning and you're feeling tired and you don't want to go to work, you, either, you could go, you can go, oh, honey, call in sick. You're a Christian now, you liar. Uh, you bad actor, you. Uh, you got to get up. It's a choice. You got to make during the storms in life. And the key, key thing here is, is how you handle the little trials, not just the big trials. A key here is how you handle the little trials. It's the little foxes that spoil the vine. Because these will help mold you and I for the big trials. Uh, and I've said it before, in athletics, the people that usually make it to the big time are the ones that got the foundations down, the fundamentals down. It has to do with foundation, how you build. The ones that know how to pass, how to, how to do everything just right, those are the ones that can make it to the big time. Uh, but you got to start with the small trials. If you can't handle, the Bible says, how can you contend with horses? How can you run with horses when you can't even contend with footmen? You can't even deal with some of the little stuff, and now you're not another big ones, because the big ones are going to come. We're not, we're not in Hayward for nothing. This isn't Victor Outreach Hayward for nothing. Uh, it's not just symbolic here, because someday the, the trials come. Uh, the earthquake's going to hit. And if you've been rehearsing the right way, you'll be ready. Uh, I'm going to run me a red light. I don't, I'm going to get to heaven. And I don't want to just finish. I want to finish well, like you learned this morning. We don't want to just be, you know, Johnny come lately kind of a church. We want to do it all up. Very important. Uh, see, if you give in to the small difficulties, how are you going to handle marriage? Right, honey? Oh, man. <laughs> I haven't told my wife this, but I'll share it now. Because, <laughs> you know, my, my daughter knows the way I am. My wife knows, too. But I don't usually stay in front of her because <laughs> I'm pretty smart. I learn for the best. But some of you have been with me when I say this sometimes. You know, it's like we're, we'll be doing some places and somebody might bump me. They go, oh, I'm sorry. I said, oh, don't, no problem. I, I've been through worse. I'm married. <laughs> I do that sometimes, honey. <laughs> Uh, and I'm being funny, but I'm also being real. Because uh, it's not easy being married. Uh, and so some of you young people think, oh, yeah. I want to kiss her. That's the one I want to <laughs> The responsibility. Kissing is only about 2% of the ministry. Uh, I know when you're, you think it's like 99.9. I know you think that. Oh, man. Oh, yeah. Oh, you know. It's only about 2%, Tim. Oh, somebody suave like you. Maybe 3% for you. You know, hallelujah. Uh, maybe 3% for Tim because, you know. Uh, all right, 4, 4, 4, 4%. 4%. 
Uh, uh, but man, hey, how are you going to handle, if you can't handle the little things, and women, listen to me. If you're going to date somebody, trip out on how he handles uh, 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 trials. Make some up for him. Lead him through the valley of the shadow of your wrath. Hallelujah. See how they act. Really. Because a lot of times when you're dating, usually it's showtime. It really is. In the, you know, it's showtime. Yes. Ah, but once you're in the ring, then you got to contend. And then that, and I'm going to be talking about that a little bit. Ah, then it's, you know, in this corner, the former heavyweight champion of the Pineda family, back for a third rematch. Trained by Fernando Vargas now, ready. Shake hands to come out fighting. Oh, I'm sorry, I thought it was Taekwondo. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Read the rules, buddy. Build the coat. Huh? Fundamentals here. The small things. Ah. Uh, if you can't handle the problems in ministry, how are you going to be a pastor? Uh, if you can't handle a kingdom, yeah, I don't know about this. They don't want to do what I said. Well, then you do what I said. And we'll be all right. Ah, got to learn to be a good follower first. See, Judas did not become a traitor overnight. It was little by little. He became a traitor in the little things, the small, uh, the small things. Little dishonesties, and then it grew. The Bible says he had the bag. He was, he was, he could be trusted. They thought he was the, he had the bag. He was the, he was the accountant. Uh, he handled the money. But little, but, but he couldn't handle the, the big trials. Uh, that's the little ones, and that's usually how it starts. Uh, well, I'll, I'll take a little bit here. They won't notice. And then a little bit here. They won't notice. Uh, and listen to me, those of you that budget in your household, don't cheat. Trust God. Don't try to make ends meet. You're not the end. Uh, you're not the end. Matter of fact, you're not even the means. You might be mean, but you're not the means. Uh, you got to be careful even in how you budget. Very vital. Uh, see, I've said before, as, well, as my wife was saying this morning, show me your trials and I'll show you who you are. Uh, show me your trials and I'll show you who you are. You know what I said? Uh, can, you, can you think you're all that? Let me see what you've been through. You know who, the, who, who this church is? This church has been through 47 different sites. That's who this church is. Uh, we got some spunk here. Before we came to this one, we met in 47 different places before coming here. I mentioned that to the brother the other day who was here. He's going to be preaching here in a few, in about a month. Uh, he said, 47? He goes, man, I never really thought of it too much. But he's saying, brother, let me touch you. You know, even Pastor Sonny, my wife knows, every time he'd come, he'd say, we'd be going, came to the service, we'd go someplace, he goes, man, the same people. They follow you guys. Uh, man, man. Because uh, we never had a place of our own until about three years ago. But that's who this church is. Uh, we've been around the block. <laughs> we've also planted a, a number of churches with no money. That's who this church is. Ah. Uh, Malibu's most wanted. Hallelujah. We got it going on over here. See, the rains and the storms of life will beat on your house eventually. You're going to get tested. Because we're dealing with character here. Look at Matthew 25. Matthew 25, beginning in verse 1. I've spoken on this before, but God wanted me to bring it out again. Matthew 25, verse 1 through 10. Because some of you never heard this. You have Matthew 25? I'm going to read it all the way to verse 10, so stay with me. Now, then shall the kingdom of heaven be likened unto ten virgins. How many? Which took their lamps and went forth to meet the bridegroom. 
And five of them were wives. We're talking about wives. And five were what? Foolish. That's what we've been dealing with. Go ahead. Click it. Hallelujah. They that were foolish took their lamps and took no oil with them. But the wives took oil in their vessels with their lamps. Click it again. While the bridegroom tarried or waited, they all slumbered and slept. And at midnight there was a cry made, Behold, the bridegroom cometh. Go ye out to meet him. Go ye out to meet him. <laughs> then all of those virgins, how many were they? Arose and trimmed their lamps, and the foolish said unto the wise, Not done. <laughs> and the foolish said unto the wise, And the foolish said to the wise, Ah. And the foolish said to the wise, Are you a Christian? I'm a Christian too. Give us some of your oil for our lamps are gone out. But look what the Christian said. Click it again. Ah. Or what man is there of you whom if he... No, that's not it. But I got it right here. I got it right here. It says there. But the wise answered, saying, No, lest there should be not enough for us and you. But go gather, but go rather to those who sell and buy for yourselves. And while they went to buy, the bridegroom came. What this is. That was Josie's sermon this morning. Hallelujah. <laughs> it's okay. The key to this teaching is character cannot be exchanged. What's the key to this teaching? Character, character cannot be exchanged. See, they, they had the oil. The five wise had the oil, but the five foolish, what? They didn't, because they didn't, they didn't invest. They, didn't, they had the money, but they didn't want to buy. Because the Bible says in verse 10, while they went to buy, uh, the bridegroom came. In other words, it was too late. Bible says to shut the door. So you got to invest in the best. The devil can have the rest. You got to invest in your life. Church again, yes, church again. Why? Because I got to invest in my life. I got to grow. I got to evolve. Christianity is a process of progress. I got to grow, man. I can't just stay right there. I got things to do. I might be a pastor someday. Uh, I might be a regional someday. Uh, I'm like, you know, hey, man, God's got his hand on me. You got to invest in the best. Okay. So when the storms come, you either got it or you don't. Because character cannot be exchanged. The five foolish says, give me oil in my lamp. And the five Christian ones, the smart ones said, oh, that doesn't sound Christian. It sounds, wow, what a terrible person. You're not a Christian. I'm going to go tell your pastor. He didn't want to give me none. Oh, you big Bogart. No, I came to church, buddy. I took notes. Uh, I bought tapes. I, 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 I prayed. I was on my knees. I'm an ignition. Hallelujah. I, get, I did. It's, character can't be exchanged. Uh, you either got it or you don't. Uh, that's the way it is. Uh, and how do you get character? By making the right choices, the right decisions. To so come to church. Uh, even when you don't feel like it. Our life's storms, my friend, will either bring tragedy or triumph. That's what they're going to bring to your life. They're either going to bring tragedy or triumph to your life. We'll either be contenders or pretenders. Jude 3 instructs us to retain our faith. Retain your faith. You know what retain has to do? It has to do with a, a championship fight. You've got to retain your, your faith. You've got to fight for your faith. Don't just give it up. You've got to fight for the thing. I don't feel like going to church, but I'm going to church. And devil, if you want to come, Pastor Steve's preaching tonight. Uh, come on, come on. You're welcome, but I'm gone. Uh, I'm gone. Uh, and then once you get here, the worship starts. Uh, you got to contend for the faith. You got to retain. You got to be a fighter in the spirit. Don't be a cha-cha. And we've said it before, in Christianity, all of us can be champions. We can all be champions. Not just the pastor. We're all the same in Christianity. Uh, we can all be, you know, uh, Oscar de la Hoyas. 
or Beansilla Oil or something like that. Hallelujah. Beans and Oscar and Jesus Christ. And again, rest assured, my friend, those tests will little by little, they're going to escalate in your life. Huh? That's what's going to happen. The tests are going to little by little in your life are going to escalate. So if they're going to escalate, if they're going to grow, you got to grow. You read the, the book about, about Abraham in Genesis. Abraham went through test after test after test. Finally, he had to pass his first year exam and he went through his final test. Uh, anybody have a finals? Uh, you know how it is for final tests? They're like, oh, oh no, break out in hives. Oh, my thesis. Oh, no. Uh, that's, Abraham had a little test, another test. Pass that one, another test. Because your tests escalate. But if you stop growing, the tests aren't. They're going to get bigger and bigger. And then they're going to be bigger than you pretty soon. Abraham's final test was he had to sacrifice his only son. What a test. Uh, to get a blade and then bring your son and not tell him what you're going to do. Come on, me my son's real smart. He'll ask why, but now, sorry, he can't ask why. Come on. Not this, not this time, buddy. You're just coming. And then I needed two, two guys to come with me. I'll pick them two. I don't want you to see this. Uh, they had to come. The Bible says in the book of Genesis, they went and, where are we going? Shh, eat your mushroom nuts. Come on. Uh, for three days' journey, they went to Mount Moriah, Calvary. Then he took his son. Wow. His only begotten, like Stevan. He's my only begotten son. Ah. Uh, then they had such good discipleship that the son allowed the dad to tie him up. Got a rope? Let's see what kind of discipleship we got going on here. Hallelujah. Huh? I'll use your hair. <laughs> he tied him up. And the son let him. Tied him up. And then, then he got the knife. And he, dad, where's the, 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 the ram for sacrifice? Repeat after me, son. <laughs> uh, me. <laughs> You know, when I speak on this, I, I, sometimes I have a tendency to want to get empathetic. I, I, I love my son. God, to do that, but he was willing to do that. And he went just to strike him. And the Bible says, God said, no, there's always a ramp come the thicket. Thank God. He says, now I know you love me. We're going to go through tests. Everybody builds. Secondly, everybody goes through tests. Number three, the third thing. Okay, that we see in Christ's admonition to build there in Matthew 7 is that while all are building and all are being tested, the third thing that we see here is that storms that come our way don't affect us all the same. That's number three. Okay, first we build, we get tested. Number three is storms that come our ways, trials that come our way, they don't affect every one of us all the same. Storms affect people in different ways. Some houses are effective different than others. In the parable here that we read in Matthew chapter 7, both houses looked the same on the outside. But when the storms hit, one stood while the other one was destroyed. Thus, my friend, it's very important on how and with what we build our houses with. Because everybody looks the same. You're all getting this sermon, but not everybody's going to be affected the same way. Some of you are going to, it's going to get you, it's going to say, wow, yeah, you know what, no, 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 I got to build. Honey, get me a big old Bible. I got to start reading the red letter edition. I want to, you know, because you're going to be, you want to be a good carpenter. You want to be a wise builder. Ah, oh, there's going to be other people say, no, man. Yeah, all right, buddy. Ah, uh, you got to be very, very precautious. You got to be very careful. See, the, the same church atmosphere produced a Peter a rock of a Peter, and a loving John, but it also produced a Judas. Don't hear what I said here right now. Listen, the same atmosphere around Jesus and his 12 disciples, it produced a rock of a man in Peter, a loving apostle named John, but it also produced a Judas. And it was the same word. They all had the same camera. They all had the same opportunity. Uh, but they all, these People reacted different. That's always the situation. That's always the case. Uh, see, it, listen to this. It's not the storms that causes the mishaps and the mess-ups. It's just the storms that show us 
what's on the inside. You hear what I said? It's not the storms that cause us to mess up and to fall. All the sh storms do is show us who we really are. Like I said, show me your trials and I'll show you who you are. What have you stood? That's what I said. This church went through 47 different places. Uh, this church can stand, buddy. Uh, we can do some stuff here. Uh, see, it'll show what a minister or ministry is made of. When push comes with a shove, we're going to see what we're made of. Through the years, my friend, a number of storms have come, yet only some people remain standing. Thus, I call them standouts. They stand out. They're still going forward. Storms tell us how you and I are building. But I've been serving God now over 29 years, and I've seen a number of people. For the marriage retreat, we got one of the best guys that's going to come and talk to us about our marriages. Saul and Stella, they've got a lot of years under the belt. They help mentor my wife and I. Uh, a lot of things that we give you, we get from them. Uh, they, they got it. They, they, they've got some stuff here. Uh, because they're still standing. And Saul and I, don't tell him, but he already knows. When we were growing up in the, in the things of God, there was a whole bunch of us. Adam's been in the mother church, he knows. Uh, a whole lot of competition going on, right? You know, it's worse now. I can imagine. Uh, but I mean, everybody, ah, there was, and you know, me and Saul were there, and we, 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 we didn't get along. Saul and I, we're like, you know, every time I see him, I say, Saul, Saul, why per persecutest thou the church? I used to tell him that all the time. And he hated that, because he's a Marine. Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? You know, because, man, he was known as the hatchet man, really. That was, that was his moniker. The hatchet, but he, you know, Sonny says, he has a sermon called Sonny Says. Because he'd pull you aside and he'd tell you, Sonny Says. My word says. And he was, you know, but through the years, we become buddies. Because that's what happens in war. Wartime buddies. You know, all of a sudden, you know, you, two years later, you look and he's still standing. I'm still standing. Three years later, he's still standing, I'm still standing. A few years later, we look and we started playing Scrabble together. That's how we unscrabbled things. We played Scrabble together. And that was heavy. <laughs> but that's a, I don't want to go there. Uh, <laughs> if you can stand playing Scrabble with me, you're going to be a good Christian. Just go on. <laughs> number four, and then we're done. The fourth thing here that Jesus explains. Number four, Jesus explains what is the decisive factor in the parable of building. This is the decisive factor. Number four, there's a key. He tells us here in this verse. Here Jesus tells us how we can know if the house will stand or if it won't. Matthew chapter 7. Okay. Here's how you can know if it's going to stand or not. It says there, whoever hears these words of mine and acts on them. Verse 24. The key is to be a doer. Act on the word. Don't just be a hearer only. Don't just have itchy ears. If you want to know if you're going to make it, be obedient. Don't just hear the word, but obey the word. Be a doer of the word. If they give you a clipboard in the men's home, use it. Right, Anthony? Why do you think he made it? At the men's discipleship, at the mighty men of valor, one of the brothers was preaching. And he said this, hey, brother, he has one of the brothers, were you ever on discipline in the home? They go, yeah, yeah, you know. Then he asked me, were you? And I'm, I just went, he, he took that as a yes. But then I, I, oh, and then he asked Rick first. He asked Rick, Rick, were you ever on discipline? Pastor Rick, one of the elders, he goes, and everybody, woo, he wasn't. And then I, and I thought about it, I said, when he asked me, I said, you know what, I was, I've never undisciplined either. Because I always try to do what God wanted me to do. Uh, I'm not knocking being undisciplined. Don't, 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 I'm not knocking it. It's good for you. Some guys are just, you know. But when God got a hold of me, I think Rick went through, a lot of guys go through the same experience in the home. You just, you just.
I'm all this. Man, I was disobedient to the max. I was a rebel of rebels, I'll tell you that. That's who, you know, I don't talk a lot about my past, but I was a rebel of rebels. Never even got a tattoo. You think that's, I'm not knocking tattoos again. <laughs> but that was my, I, no, I would have eventually, I know that. But I, I said, no, 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 no. I don't need a tattoo to be a man. That's what I was, you know, I'm stupid, but that, you know. I'm not knocking tattoos, ladies. Uh, let's go on. Let's go on. Uh, but I was, I was a very rebellious guy. So when I got saved, I said, oh, God, I could spot rebellion a mile away. I said, I don't want that no more. Whatever they ask me to do, I'll do it. And then some, the extra mile. Ah, so important. So that's what differentiates us, my friend, from anything else. We're, we're, he acts upon it. The difference between success and failure, victory and defeat, life and death is action. Let me say that again. The difference between, my friend, Victory and defeat, success and failure, life and death is action. Listening is not enough. You can hear me till you're blue in the face. It's not enough. You got to walk out these doors and be a doer of the Word of God. Be obedient to the Word of God. Listening is not enough. Judas heard what God had to say. But he was not like John or a Peter or an Andrew. He didn't do the things of God. Uh, listening is never enough. How many people come to service after service, yet there's no fruit, there's no results in their life? Uh, they listened, sort of, but they didn't do. Even belief is not enough. The Bible says the devils believe and tremble. The thing that will make you uh, productive is action. You reap what you sow. You're either foolish or you're wise. Uh, and we're building, my friend, for time and for eternity. What are we building for? Time and eternity. That's what we're building for. Your life's going to make a difference. Your life has purpose. It's going to count. It's going to have meaning. Those of you young people that are still in school, I'm telling you, someday people are going to look back at you and say, man, I remember that guy. He served the Lord, and it wasn't easy in school. Uh, that's why working with young people is not easy. It's hard. And college probably gets harder. Ah, now you're much more liberal. Oh, yeah. Now you're on your own. Uh, we have to trust our daughter to be over there for Sophia to take care of her. Hallelujah. Uh, they, went to, they went to the army on the buddy system. Praise God. Uh, but that helps because he's so, it's so terrible. You mean you're not doing that? Huh? You won't let him kiss you? <laughs> Excuse me. You should go to, you should be in, in middle school. Well, I, in middle school, you should have seen me in middle school. Ay, ay, ay. Ah, you got to be very... The key, if you want to be a good Christian, you got to be obedient. Obedience and action to the words of Jesus. Whatever he commands us to do, to be wise master builders. Let me show you something that I used many, many years ago at a conference. Turn to Matthew chapter 8. And I'm getting very, very close to closing. Matthew chapter 8. Please, everybody turn to it. If you have the red letter edition, which Esteban has been prophesied over to read, hallelujah. If you have the, in Matthew chapter 8, if you have the red letter edition, from verses 27 all the way down to 34, there's only one word in red. What is it? Go. Years ago, I was speaking at a conference, and I used this. But many of you have never heard this. That is something else. It's only one word. When the word of God comes out, things happen. But what happened here is he's speaking to demons. Who's he speaking to? And the Bible says the demons obeyed him. And what's a sad commentary, sometimes you'll talk to us who love the Lord, who are believers who are Christians, the apple of his eye. He speaks to us, and we don't obey him. Go, no. Sometimes demons obey, and we don't. How that must hurt the heart of God. Devils are going to obey the word of God, and not us. We will not be obedient. Huh? Man. That is a sad commentary. I wonder how heaven 
must feel. Ah, they don't obey. But when we build to code, then we'll prove strong and able to weather any and all storms when we build a code. Again, in the parable here, Matthew chapter 7, both men were churchgoers. What were they? Both of them came to church. That's what the Bible says there. They all came to church. They were both churchgoers. But only one, by and large, was a doer of the word. I've said it time and again, and I'm going to end the sermon here with this. I go into my garage every day. Right? I go into my garage every day, but what? That doesn't make me a car. You can come to church every day, and that's not going to make you a Christian. Beep, beep. Huh? Not going to make you a Christian. Jesus admonishes us, and he tells us, what do you more than these? In other words, he's telling us how to stand out. How is a Christian supposed to stand out from a Buddhist, from a Muslim, from Islam, uh, from all these other, Mormonism, all these other religions? How are we supposed to stand out? He's telling us right here. What do you do more than these? Go the extra mile. There's not too much traffic on the extra mile. Uh, you ever gone to work on a Monday through Friday? Uh, and it's tough, especially in Los Angeles, even around here. Now, it's like, you know, that's one of the reasons why we, we changed our kids all the way from Fremont Christian when we moved over here to Redwood. They thought we wanted to do what they wanted to do. Uh, I mean, seven minutes versus 45 in traffic. Uh, sometimes even in the diamond lane. Uh, wow. But when you come to church on Sunday mornings, pretty easy, huh? You could drive backwards. Uh, because there's very little traffic on the extra mile. What do you more than these? We all build. We're all going to be tested. We're all going to respond different. But the key, if you want to know if you're going to make it, action. Action. We've got to act on it. Uh, on the Word of God. Don't just be a hearer only. But resolve in your heart, I'm going to be a Christian. And I'm not just going to be an order, I'm going to be the best Christian possible. Uh, I'm going to be a doer of the Word of God. I want every head bowed and every eye closed.